0: Hi, I'm Julie Wilkinson and I'm a Chartered Management Accountant and I'm excited to be launching the Build and Exit podcast. This podcast is for business owners and entrepreneurs who are looking to expand their business portfolio by acquisition or at some point in the future want to exit their business. We're going to bring real life stories and experiences of people who have grown by acquisition who have exited their businesses and other areas of business such as funding and cash flows. So there'll be lots of opportunity to learn different areas of business and how you can, in the end, transition your business from a lifestyle to an asset. So look forward to seeing you soon. Hi, and welcome to the Build and Exit podcast. I'm Julie Wilkinson, your host, and I own Wilkinson Accounting Solutions. I started the podcast off the back of the work we do at Wilkinson's because we help buyers, um, we work as acquisition CFOs for buyers, and we help people um, exit, plan their businesses. So I wanted to give some tips, some real-life examples of people who have actively worked in the industry, and I'm really excited to have Stephen Pettigrew here today. Hi, Stephen.
1: Hi, Julie. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good. Thank you. So just a reason I brought Stephen on. um, So Stephen used to work for a business um, who did some acquisitions and has successfully transitioned to be what I would call an acquisition entrepreneur. He successfully closed the business in January this year, which was worth 2 million and is on track to complete another one. Well, maybe within the next month or so, Um, just under 5 million so you know I think it's really inspiring for people that want to get into this you know who are maybe employed and want to get into acquisitions to sort of see real life people who have done it so first of all I just want to hand over to you and you can tell a bit about yourself.
1: Yeah thanks for that good introduction Julie. Um, So yeah based in Scotland um, I've been involved in business most of my life so back in um, 2014 was my first taste of of, uh, of mergers and acquisitions. Um, the family business that I was involved in, we purchased a competitor at the time, and it was a distressed business. Um, and learned a lot from that because uh, yeah, it was distressed. All the integration that was um, involved in that uh, was very difficult. Uh, we inherited a lot of problems, a lot of uh, cash flow issues, etc. So it gave us a gives a good insight into how it works. Fast forward a few years later, I started my own business, which was in transport. We've now scaled that to 80 people in the business and managed to do my first acquisition, uh, first full acquisition in January this year. Um, As you mentioned, that was a £2 million business. Uh, Again, distressed distressed deal, but um, really worth it. Uh, And then just was worth the squeeze, as they say. And yeah, sourcing a lot of deals, got a lot of uh, joint venture partners I'm working with at the moment. And as you mentioned, there's one deal that it should complete in September uh, in the leisure space, which is doing around $5 million in revenue. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of other deals we've put offers in. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have a few more closed by the end of this year.
0: Yeah, no, it's brilliant. So, I mean, it's really interesting that you actually started your own business as well. that You grew to 80 people. I mean, how, what time frame was that in? How quick did you sort of grow the business?
1: Yeah, so I suppose the thing that no one tells you when you start a business is it's really hard and it's painful and it's slow. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so started off in late 2019. Uh, It was a transport consultancy business to begin with. And uh, we started probably not the best time because not so long afterwards, COVID hit everyone. So any kind of consultancy work that I was doing kind of dried up. So I had to pivot that business and See an opportunity in the in the courier industry actually so um i seen that online orders were going through the roof you know amazon fedex uh, dpd all these types of companies were were booming so started um with basically two vans and, and one of these clients and just grew it from there so yeah it took about three years to get to that point a lot of heartache a lot of, a lot of learning and whatnot and then the business that we acquired was was a competitor within the industry. So, yeah, the good stuff was we managed to double in size overnight, get into new clients we weren't weren't with. Uh, Bad stuff was, it was a distressed deal. There was some invoices and bills that we, uh, we, I knew would be a problem, but uh, to to that extent, didn't really understand until we were in the business. So, yeah, it took about three years to get to that point.
0: So did you do a share sale? Did you do a full or just an asset purchase? How did you what acquisition did you do?
1: Yeah, it's a full share purchase um of, of the business. So the, the owner um basically was distressed himself. So not only was the business distressed, the owner was distressed as well. So I suppose uh, the industry calls it a no money down deal. I suppose that's what it was. So a little bit of money on day one from the from the business that we acquired and the rest paid up over a period of time. But uh, yeah, we obviously found some, some skeletons in the closet after we, we came in, which was I suppose expected to be done while we describe a light touch due diligence process, uh, which was required because the business was distressed. So we, we had to come in and out pretty quick. But uh, we did mitigate that by putting some clauses in the, in the share agreement.
0: And do you think, because funnily, you're actually the first guest we've had that's done a distressed business. We've talked about distressed businesses. I think this is the first one where we have talked about someone actually buying one. Do you think you would have been ready to do a distressed business if you hadn't already had the platform of your own business?
1: Um, Yeah, it's a hard one to answer. Probably not, because I suppose during the the startup phase of of my own business, you you learn a lot as you go. um, And I've been quite, cute during that time because i've always leaned on coaches and mentors during that time so i've learned things as i go but yeah just simple things like you know having a cash flow forecast managing the, the creditors and and keeping top of bills in and out i think uh, yeah didn't have that experience before i'd actually started a business obviously i'd seen what a distressed business looks like when we've done acquisition back in 2014 but doing it on your own by yourself is a is a different matter but yeah it was uh, it was worth it in the end because we managed to turn it around fairly quickly after we, we got in
0: yeah well I don't think you really realize how incredible it is you know to build a business to 80 people anyway in COVID is good and then to do a like, distressed acquisition to successfully do it is very good in quite a short space of time especially as it sounds like you did quite a quick dd what was the relationship like on the... Act? You, was it quite a hard deal, like, in terms of personally, because co- of how, how was the seller?
1: The seller was great, I've got to say. Um, we're still on speaking terms, so he's, he's now fully exited the business. But, yeah, to give you an idea of how quick it was, um, I got in contact with this this guy on the, on the Friday, and by the Thursday the following week, um, we'd done the deal, and it was all signed and sealed. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, it was basically a four-day kind of turnaround from from getting in touch with the, the seller so yeah it was that kind of perfect mix you know it was uh, i say perfect but you know it was a distressed deal distressed business owner just wanted out just didn't want to do it any longer and um, so it kind of made that perfect storm but i've i've uh, I've learned through experience over the years that they don't happen like that too often
0: no, and had you planned an acquisition? So had you thought about it, or did this one just come and then you sort of went for it?
1: Yeah, so I've I've been uh, sourcing deals for around twelve months, and you know, pretty much staying in, in the lane that I've been in before, which was transport and logistics. Um, I've now started to branch out outside of that, but I've had a lot of deals in the last twelve months that haven't went through. So we've maybe agreed terms, or we have um, got. Quite far down the road with a seller, and maybe something's happened. Something's came up in due diligence, or there was one example last year where we were a week away from signing the share purchase agreement, and the the sellers changed their mind. So, been, one of the two sellers had changed their mind last minute. So, uh, yeah, that was a costly one for me because we had uh, we'd spent a bit of money on due diligence with an accountancy firm and a lawyer's firm, which. You know, it didn't get back. It was basically lost, and um, because the deal didn't go through. So yeah, that was a that was a big learning curve at the time as well. Hmm.
0: Which is interesting because normally, in heads of terms, you'd put a clause in to say if the seller pulls out, they cover the costs. Did you have that in there?
1: I learned that trick afterwards. I should have known that beforehand. Oh. And, and maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I'll speak to you in the next yeah. few ones. But um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a clause that I discovered I should have put into the the, the heads of terms. But uh, unfortunately, that one, I didn't.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, we live and learn, don't we? Yeah, so, we, we, we know so the best anyways. ones now. <laughs> yeah. So you've done the other one and that's integrated. So this one coming up then, is this a is this a branched out one or is this still in the industry?
1: Yeah, it's branched out so this one's in the leisure space um totally different setup you know not as many people same kind of revenues maybe better margins involved as well transport can be pretty um tight margins small margins in the transport industry but yeah that one should go through in September and um, they've got around 14 staff and uh, yeah it's been going I think that business has been trading for around 50 years. So really long established business. And there's a few offers going in just now, which, yeah, we're we're very hopeful. These are ones are more with some of my joint venture partners. So maybe people that have got skills that I don't have. We'll partner up and we'll do the deal together. These are in transport, construction, recruitment and uh, IT. So we've got five or six different offers. in just now for those sorts of businesses, which some have been accepted and some some are still chewing over
0: yeah and what is making you pick the industries are you just doing ones you enjoy or is there a strategy behind them
1: yeah yeah there's a strategy uh, sometimes sometimes you, you maybe wonder what the strategy is but yeah so we're looking for ideally a, a business that's got some kind of second tier management already in place so we are we can upskill the, the staff that's already there, give them better training and, and more empowerment to, to run the business. And that's that's a perfect acquisition if we can get people that's that's in there. In an ideal world we're also looking for something that's profitable, that's got a decent trading history, you know, ten plus years in an ideal world is perfect and has got growth potential. You know, I suppose the the longer play is that we try and build a group in each one of these industries. And, uh, and exit that group in the future. But yeah, for now we're looking for a good management team, a profitable business, and has been trading for a, a decent amount of time.
0: And you mentioned that you're going out looking for a managing director. Is that in your group now, or is that for the acquisitions?
1: Within the, the acquisition we're about to do in September. Um, so the existing shareholders are going to be exiting the business, not straight away. There'll be a transition period. But uh, we're looking for a, an industry expert within that leisure group, within that leisure space who can um, run the business and uh, yeah allow me to to run the business from a strategic point of view. We might look for other acquisitions within that supply chain. So, um, yeah, looking mm-hmm. at competitors, customers, suppliers, and see if we can do some further acquisitions to grow the group. Uh, but yeah, I learned a, learned a while ago that you need someone to run the day-to-day to allow you to do the I suppose the sexier stuff
0: yeah and well who knows maybe they'll be listening and they might come out you might maybe. get we get one from <laughs> here so yeah maybe. so if you take it back to the beginning then what made you start your own business in the first place
1: I'm, I'm a terrible employee uh, I'm, I'm not a good employee uh, and, and I, I'm someone who likes variety so I, I like to be doing different things. I like to solve different problems. I do like helping people. I do get a bit itchy feet if I'm not doing something different. One of my coaches uh, uses the phrase uh, shiny object syndrome. So I've, I've been guilty of having that in the past where I'll see something new and I go for it. So yeah, I wanted to start my business and businesses to, to have my own freedom um, to, to solve problems and yeah, to have some kind of purpose and yeah it's been great since i started i wish i'd done it years beforehand actually
0: yeah and do you think when you first started do you think you got the freedom or do you think you did you overwork a little bit at first or
1: yeah that's 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 the thing they probably don't tell you when you start a business isn't it, it it's glamorized that it's uh, yeah champagne bottles on a, on a, a yacht <laughs> <laughs> but in, in reality it's it's hard work isn't it um so but but it pays off in the end, you know. If, you, if you're committed and you're consistent, I think it pays off. If I you know if I, if I was to go back in time, I would always look to maybe acquire an existing business. Um, if I was to start again, rather than starting from scratch, because as, as you'll know, Julie, you've got an existing customer base, cash flow straight away, upskill opportunities. You've got leverage with the people that you can get access to that would be difficult to find otherwise. Um, so yeah, I think if I was if I was to do it again, I would acquire a business rather than starting one. But I, I suppose at the same time, uh, for maybe new entrepreneurs, you, you need to maybe start have a startup to learn in the first place. Maybe, yeah. don't know what you think?
0: Yeah, because I mean, you yeah, well, because I still feel a little bit the same. If I was going to start again, I'd probably buy one because um, we've done an acquisition as well. Uh, but I know what you mean. I think i think if you could have if you've got cash and you can get a team of people around you to help and depending on what's happening with the owners and the business you're buying i do think like newbies that haven't started their business probably can buy one but i think it'll be hard if you haven't run a business and you haven't got any real support yeah because what did you do in your business did you get a management team in your own business as well to help you or
1: yeah eventually yeah um so so the first kind of year and a half, um, I was, I, because it was startup and everything, you know, effectively I was having to run the business from behind the driver's wheel of a, of a vehicle. So, um, so that was challenging in itself, um, but eventually you start to, you know, attract quality talent, you start to get some management structure in place. Uh, again, I, I, I realized early on that I needed coaches and mentors, so I've, I've always leaned on good coaches and mentors that are a little bit further ahead than me, uh, that could provide systems, that could give advice, etc. So yeah, I, I think probably in the last yeah, year and a half, uh, the, the business is fully systemised. so I don't really spend too much time in those two businesses in particular, I, I probably spend five or 10 hours a week on them, if that, so they're, they're pretty well systemised.
0: Yeah. No, it sounds like you've done really well with it because I think you'd be surprised a lot of people don't invest in the coaches and the mentors and don't yeah. systemize it because lots of people are 10, 15 years in and still working in it. Not that there's anything wrong with that if that's what you want, but I personally think a lot of people start the business for the freedom and in the end, they don't always get the freedom they want, but that's because they haven't put the processes in. They, they get the clients, they just kind of like do a, you know, a quick growth, but don't get the structure in place and then just working all hours trying to do everything in the business.
1: Yeah, um, I think you end up, as a new entrepreneur, and you, you're maybe a test to this, you, you end up working more hours for less money <laughs> for quite a while. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I know when I started, I mean, we probably had quite quick growth as well. And the one thing I always did was, I said no quite a lot at the beginning. I outsourced and got, people right from the beginning, because even though technically if I'd done it, I would have had more cash because I wouldn't have been paying it out. I knew that it was like the lower level work that I shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. And I think people spend, my experiences, especially for the startups, is they worry too much about what they're spending, not what they're saving. Because mm-hmm. they yeah. they worry about, oh, I've got to pay 300, 300, 400 pounds out. But they'll be making that money somewhere because that's for someone doing a job rather than thinking they'll be thinking, oh, if I do it myself, I don't have to pay it. But it's like, yeah, but the time that they're losing, not doing the the core strategy things, um, because let's face it the owner day-to-day probably isn't generating like me day-to-day I don't really generate any income as such because I don't do too much of the doing yeah. but obviously my role is to make sure the business continues and the strategies continue and and do that leadership across the team yeah. and I think that's hard for a star business because that doesn't always generate money straight away
1: yeah and, and you don't get taught any of this stuff in school do you so you need to learn these things as you go sometimes and um, I've you know, one of my coaches told me early on that, um, you know, to try and outsource or delegate all the kind of £10 an hour type jobs. And, you know, as the business owner, you should be focused on income producing, high income producing results. So that was a bit of a light bulb moment for me. And, and I suppose that's why eventually I got into, into acquisitions, because the prize at the end, when, once you do one, is pretty significant. Although there's a lot of hard work that goes into that.
0: Yeah, so, well, no, it sounds like you did well with it and you're excited for this new acquisition then. Is there any cross-skill? So if it's in a different industry, are you able to utilise any of your staff in the current one to do any of it, like cross-skill, or is it completely separate?
1: There's definitely some, some stuff we could, uh, there's some synergies in terms of some of the managers we have, potentially a key thing we can plug in, will, um, is certainly financial uh, systems and um, maybe that's something we can talk about afterwards Julie um yeah. put, uh, financial certainly we could we could be plugging in there's I've got a really good lead generation sales person within the business who can yeah he, he could plug into that business very easily um, and they could modernize it a lot so it's 50 years old the, the shareholders are obviously you know at retirement age so some of the stuff that they've got is maybe just being updated and refreshed even the websites you know just basic things uh but yeah there's a lot of potential with it. um and it's a it's a pretty interesting industry i don't want to say too much at this stage of course but um yeah there's, no, there's okay, definitely yeah. some <laughs> there's definitely some uh some synergies within it for sure
0: yeah well it's standard practice when you like we, because we do a lot of, like, I know we're going to speak afterwards about it, but when you do a group structure, the standard things we'd always be saying is um, most people will be able to get some form of group benefit in terms of things like insurance and things like that. And then the bookkeeping becomes more complicated because you'll pay it out of one bank, but you might have to cross charge it between the two companies. So everything you do for one company, you then have to do for both companies, but then you have to do it at group. So you can, and, and then like you say, the systems and reporting and who is giving the information in that reporting to make sure that you just get the information to make decisions. So yes, lots to do. And we could talk about that yep. afterwards. I won't bore everyone now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then outside, I know you mentioned to me as well, that you're quite interested in doing a bit of coaching and things like that maybe in 24 what so what's your vision are you still going to acquire businesses or are you moving out doing something different
1: no we'll still acquire for sure so so um acquiring businesses building building them up adding value and and then exiting those businesses that's going to be what i'm doing for certainly next 10 15 years and um, that'll that'll be an ongoing thing for me and, and the team that i've got but yeah something else I'm, I'm working on at the moment is uh, is a coaching mentoring uh, solution for basically young entrepreneurs you know I've obviously being been one myself and, and being through startup and um, and speaking to a lot of business owners frankly in the last in the last 12 months of different shapes and sizes you know different size companies a lot of them have the same issues um, and they maybe don't seek out coaching and mentoring from people maybe enough so I'm working on something that I can maybe launch in 2024 that can help business owners to grow and scale their business and I suppose with the acquisition piece that I've I've got now I can I can help them to acquire other businesses themselves or potentially you know build their business to an exit and provide an exit strategy for them so yeah, that's one of the goals that I'm working on towards uh, beginning of 2024 is that as a kind of additional service that I can provide to clients and and entrepreneurs
0: Oh, brilliant. Well, yeah, I think you've got a lot to offer to people, haven't you? So that sounds perfect. Oh Well, Hope thanks so. <laughs> so much for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for coming on. We're coming towards the end of the podcast now. So thanks so much. Um, is there anything you're looking for that you, if anyone needs to reach out and where can they find you? Yeah, um, LinkedIn's probably the best for
1: me. And um, so, yeah. I can share that in maybe the show notes for something afterwards, but uh, yeah, best place to get me is LinkedIn and uh, yeah, I can help business owners with growing their business, solving problems within their business, exiting their business and yeah, me and my team can either acquire part of the business or or all the business if if that's what they're looking to discuss. Uh, But yeah, just in general, happy to help people. As I say, coaching, mentoring stuff is something I'm working on, so just happy to help. And uh, yes, a pleasure to be on the podcast, Julian. And congratulations for getting over the the downloads, uh, thousand downloads. And uh, good luck in Kilimanjaro as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I climbed Kilimanjaro this Sunday. So as you do, <laughs> for my no, brilliant. Yeah, no, we've actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, we're actually just got. I was looking today. We've just gone over thirteen hundred downloads now, which is amazing. So, um, and I've got some really good guests as well. Yeah, thank you. And obviously with my live TV interview on Saturday, I was interviewed on live TV as well. So um, yeah, oh, yeah, it's really taken off, which is great. Is it? So it's a good platform to be on. So anyway, thanks for everybody listening. I hope you love the Build Next Exit podcast. Uh, as you just heard we're really expanding our reach um internationally and i'm doing a lot of i'm taking it overseas promoting um one of the things we are looking for if anyone is interested is we are starting to look for sponsors or people that want to advertise their brands through the build and exit podcast so if anybody um is interested then you can find me on linkedin i'm judy wilkinson profit queen um but i hope you really enjoy the show we've got loads of guests coming up and i'll see you again soon so once again thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast i hope you found it useful if you think there's anyone else in your network that might benefit from our podcast then please share it with them either just click the link and send it to them or send it in a facebook group or other social media channel don't forget to subscribe so other podcasts come to you directly as and when we launch them so i'm really looking forward to seeing you next time we've got some really exciting things coming up and we'll see you again soon